Hey, everybody. Welcome to a 2024, the best Nebraska baseball preview in the universe. And uh, Todd Wolverton is supposed to join us, but I don't know where he is. So the hell with him. We're starting without him. Aaron Rastavosky is joining Nailed me it. as uh, one half of our baseball writing crew. And we're here to talk about 2024 Nebraska's baseball season. How you doing, Aaron? Oh, not too bad. How about yourself? What What did you think of that intro that I threw I threw together since we decided we'd do this today? <laughs> I liked all the Nebraska baseballs that had too many L's on the <laughs> on the fingers, and then I really liked the one where they were all holding up the beer. That's yeah, could be a sign of things to come this season potentially. Yeah. Should we start there? Yeah, why not? Okay. Well, uh, there could be beer at Haymarket Park this year. Yeah, they're talking about having it set up since everything's been going for, what, how old's our park? 20 years now with the Lincoln Salt Dogs. They've always had beer, and finally they're they're looking at potentially having a, a start as soon as mid-April. We're selling beer at the concession stands, and hopefully – I like because I went to Purdue last year and they had just like a nice little kind of tent you walked in and just a whole bunch of coolers. Grab whatever you want out of there, boop the guy with your phone, and you're gone. So, so I mean, I wanted to start with a recap of last season, which we should do before we go on, you know, get into real baseball. But I, Haymarket Park, I guess I love going there. I don't get there enough. I try to get back for one series a year. This year, we're going to have the Iowa series is during the spring game weekend. Uh, Iowa, we can, we, Iowa is expected to be really good this year, like mm -hmm. really, really good this year. Uh, we plan on having a get together, a coronation get together for us to show up with fans and things and, uh, on that weekend, we'll figure out a time and a date and stuff like that and announce it. And But just so everybody watching our shows knows, we'll be down there. Haymarket Park, I mean, I guess I don't get out a lot. I think it's a neat place to watch baseball, but I hear complaints from people that things need to be changed or upgraded. Uh, is there any, I mean, besides beer, is there anything else that you'd just say that? Not really. I've gone to... Oh, four or five of the other Big Ten parks, and it's it's my favorite of those. You can walk all the way around it, sit anywhere in the outfield, infield, a couple of stories, whereas most of the other ones are just real shallow, like <laughs> 10 rows up is all, so they don't <laughs> put it near the fans that we do. So, yeah, it's good. You can get a bunch of different perspectives depending on where you want to sit, and the food's actually halfway decent. It's gotten a little expensive since COVID, but... I think everything yeah. has. Yeah. Well, should we start on a recap of last season? That sounds like a, a good place to start. Um, I don't know if we all remember if we put it out of our heads, the very start of last season when we opened up in San Diego, because that was about the worst, worst start to a season I've ever, I've ever seen. What? All their well, coaching and talk about and, it. Because uh, we gave up, what, like five home runs to one kid, and we finally solved that issue, and then the other kid won off for three home runs and about four at-bats, and their coach was out arguing every call even when they were up nine runs, and we thought we finally had them. Well, we were up, what, six to 
16, I think, and they came back and tied us. And we had to look at that one tie the entire season. Every time I'd write a recap, I'd say Oscar's record, something, something, and one every single, every single time. And man, that bothered me. So Nebraska, Nebraska was picked to finish what fourth last year. I literally don't. My memory is not good. I, I they were picked people, fifth, picked which is fifth. where they were picked again this year. And so, right, yeah, we did. We did one better. We finished fourth in the regular season last year. And as it came down to the end of the season, we had a shot at going to the NCAA tournament if we could play well in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, Max Anderson and Bryce Matthews between them hit 97 home runs, which was, I, you know, it was damned fun. That's what it was. It was it a was. crap ton of fun. And, uh, you never knew, you know, you knew when the, they were going to get up that something was going to happen. Yeah, between those two and then Gabe Swanson, who every, almost every single home game, it seemed like was hitting a home run. He had 18 home runs and I think 16 of them were at Haymarket Park. You were going to games and you were seeing some fireworks pretty much every time. So what, what happened at the end of the big 10 tournament, run that down for us. Uh, so we lost the first game. Um, I forget exactly who it was to. So we would have been four. So it would have been Rutgers was the five. Uh, we heard, no, we, we beat Rutgers, went on, played Maryland. Maryland beat us on that epic walk off, off of Shannon after he ran into the, into the um, bullpen. And then we had Will Walsh had the game of his life. I can't remember if it was a complete game or real close to it that beat Michigan State, kept us in it. And then we went against Maryland and just couldn't there. They rolled their ace out at us who right. had been kind of struggling up until they faced us in the regular season. And then he just turned it on the rest of the season. So they put him out against us again and we just – couldn't do anything against him. So this year we come in and we have uh, replaced, uh, we have kind of a new, we have the lineup change in the coaching staff. Uh, Jeff Christie is out. Rob Childress is in and he is the pitching coach. Yeah. Correct? So yeah, we Childress did slide over. He is the pitching coach. Cause yeah, Christie just didn't seem to be developing guys at the end of the season. We were basically going with, Emmett Olson and uh, Kaminska. And then whenever they didn't work, we'd try Walsh or someone else for Sunday and then hope Shannon could pitch like 17 innings in a weekend and just cross our fingers from there on that those basically three and a half guys would get us victories. And it worked a little bit, but it's not going to get you very far, especially in a tournament setting. Well, so. let's see. So what do you think of the Rod Childress promotion? His the thing I always liked about him is he keeps it simple. He attacks. He's always in the strike zone. Christie and even more so. Uh, gosh, now I'm blanking on his name. The Ersted's pitching coach. They like to mess around with guys and throw waste pitches and things like that. Not not anymore. That's he likes to keep it simple. He likes to attack and he he always uses the phrase "master vanilla" is what he wants all his pitchers to do. So what I I'm not a baseball guy. You're a baseball guy. Todd's a baseball guy. Uh, I I can make up BS to just sound like a baseball guy good enough. But uh, the one thing I did hear about Jeff Christie is he wasn't a pitcher in college, and that therefore he really didn't understand pitching as well as he should. And I heard that uh, 
you know, from, you know, baseball people that were telling me that over and over. So he's gone. And Rob Childress is in. Do you want to start with pitchers? Or do you want to hope that Todd shows his sorry ass up to talk about pitchers? Yeah, he's a little more knowledgeable than me on the actual pitching staff on, okay. on the new should guys. We, so should we start? Where should we start? With the infield? Yeah, we can start with the infield. That's probably as easy okay. as any. There is well, a whole lot of new faces there. Uh Probably the most recognizable one will be Dylan Carey slides over from third where he was pretty, pretty solid as a freshman. He's always been a natural shortstop and the heir apparent. So he'll slide over, play short this year. And uh, he's probably not going to make all the spectacular plays that Bryce Matthews could get to. We saw him track down like pot flies in the outfield that uh, no one that I can remember in a Husky uniform could get to other than him, but. He also had his his issues where he would just drop a ball right in front of him or mail one into the opposing first base dugout after just an easy one hopper. So Carey's going to be a lot more sure-footed, not quite as mobile, so probably like a younger Spencer Swallenbach where he's going to get to everything and make all the routine plays, but not going to be super spectacular, at least what we've seen yet. He may he, – May prove me wrong because he's pretty solid, but and then uh, so he's kind of the known commodity there. At second base for taking Max's spot is Caden uh, Brumbaugh, who was going to be our leadoff hitter and starting center fielder last year, and then all of a sudden showed up a couple days before the season in an arm sling and had hurt his shoulder really bad and. So he never got to take the field he, with his speed in front of Max and Bryce last year. I'd, our offense just would have been magical to watch with all those guys, but but it was not not to be, I guess. But he's he's as fast as they come. Seeing him at the top of the lineup with another guy that we'll talk about later is going to be fun to watch. But he was, I think, the second or third rated high school second baseman in the entire country. Coming out of high school, there were mock drafts that had him going in the first round of the major league draft as a second baseman. So, Aiden Brumbaugh. Yes. So, uh, he should be a solid, solid replacement there. Just a kind of different version of it as compared to Max. And then, uh, moving to the corners, they finally got a, a natural first baseman that's got some power and tie stone. Coming over as a JUCO, I want to stay from Iowa Western, but I can't remember off the top of my head. But he's got power. He's got swagger. We're going to see bat flips. We're going to see balls being launched. Really? I'm excited for that. <laughs> Ty Stone. Yeah. Big big guy, number 55. Like a, a good big guy number. He's, he's going to be fun to watch. But And then... uh. As far as the other third base, that's kind of up in the air. They brought in a Juco shortstop who is uh, probably going to get the first looks there. And his last name is escaping me, so I'm looking him up here. Dylan Huft. And so he's going to get the first look there. He played there in fall ball with the starters and looked real solid. He's good defensively. He's a natural shortstop like Dylan was, so... 
should Dylan ever struggle or get hurt, I think that's the only way you'll see him out of the lineup, really. Then Huff can slide over and take his spot. But I'm guessing he'll be the guy to get the first looks there. So, so a lot of un, a lot of new guys on the infield, a lot of unknown. Yeah, everything comes in highly regarded, but yeah, a whole everything's in a new spot as compared to last year, which is kind of like the previous year anyway. And then the outfield, do we go there next? So yeah, left left field should be pretty, not pretty uh, same as last year. We've got Swanson out there and left. And then Garrett Anglem. So I'm guessing between those two guys, one of them's going to end up being the DH, whoever's not playing in the field, because that's too much experience to to take off the off the field and, and a real good bat either way. And then uh, so taking the reason that we could put Brumbaugh in and put him in at second base is because uh, Riley Silva came in uh, JUCO outfielder and man he is he is as fast as Casey Burnham was last year and probably even faster so in fall ball it was Brumbaugh one then Bert or uh, Silva two and he can bunt he can run they were doing double steals on all those teams I think we're going to see a lot of stolen bases and a lot of hit and runs those two guys are going to be headaches for people I'm going to get guys like uh, Dylan Carey and Swanson and Stone, a lot of fastballs because they're going to be worried about those guys taking off. And then uh, as far as right field goes, that's probably going to start out as, as a platoon, I would imagine. We have uh, Cole Evans back who is steady out there, not super spectacular. He had that week early on last year where he got hot and was the – Big Ten player of the week and just never quite stayed steady enough at that level to for me to keep him out there forever. So, I mean, we tried Charlie Fisher out there a couple times and uh, put Anglin out there and right a few times too just to try and get some other action out there. But uh, there's a guy coming up from originally Houston. He actually played high school with Bryce Matthews, and that's how they kind of got connected. And his name's Clay Bradford. He'll be a fifth-year senior. And he hurt his shoulder really bad his senior year in high school and so never got the D1 offers that he was hoping to get. And so it was down at D2, and it was bad enough, kind of like a Schwellenbach, where he couldn't throw at all, really, the first couple of years. And then just last year, his shoulder really started to turn around and he pumped out i forget how many home runs i think it was like 14 15 and 54 rbis and watching him play in fall ball i think he's got the best arm we've had maybe in a decade out in right field it's really it's been lacking defensively so i think he'll be a, a huge huge upgrade in that aspect and i expect by the time we hit conference ball that he'll be an everyday starting outfielder but he hits He's a lefty, and Evans is a righty, so they may kind of go back and forth based on the pitching matchup. All right, we're going to take some comments. David Matney says, good evening. Good evening, David. Angela Matney says, Aaron, I miss my weekly Huskers update. Uh, we, we are 
I don't know. Maybe we're starting a softball show on a weekly basis. Maybe Todd and Aaron will do something on a with baseball on a weekly basis. Uh, you know, Todd has to actually show up to for us to figure that out. That son of a bitch. So uh, Angela's saying that because she used to work at my pharmacy every Monday, and oh. they took her away from us, and so she has to. We would always get ready for Monday night therapy by discussing the weekend's news and. Then she'd watch you guys on Monday night after after going home from our shift, but they well they took her away from us in September. Okay, Linda Wilkins says says Todd's a rotten son of a bitch for being late. Classic Linda. That's what, that's what Linda says. I know she says that. I can read her mind all the way out there in the distance. But Linda Wilkins says, John, I made a Costco run today and picked up a gallon of scotch, twelve bottles of wine, a gallon of margarita mix. And yet, here I find myself watching your sorry ass a second night this week. Well, I didn't make you. (laughs) (laughs) I assume all that alcohol is so you can tolerate me because some. Linda's a desperate person if she's watching you two times this week. (laughs) Wow. You show up late and you just start firing. Uh, Max Godfrey (laughs) says, I'm headed to the games this weekend. We'll You'll talk about that. There. Where are the games this weekend? It's in Globe Life Field, uh, the home of the Texas Rangers, which uh, is a nice – I think it's the newest park in the majors. It's got a retractable dome and uh, hopefully a very nice press box. I'll find out. Get back to you on that. But oh, yeah, it looks, it looks super nice. I did get credentialed. No, good And job. Todd got credentialed. Yeah. Oh, my God. Talk about desperation. Well, they, they probably figure they need some media coverage coming back to the Midwest. So, you know. But who's all going to be there this weekend? Well, Nebraska uh, is is playing against Baylor, Texas Tech, and OU. But uh, ooh, Tennessee is going to be there. Tennessee plays. Yep. The they play Friday night, Texas Tech. So. And then they play Saturday, Oklahoma. So both of those teams will hopefully be coming off a, a huge loss and be beat down by the time we get to them. Well, Max Godfrey will be there, so maybe you should uh, you know, tell him where you're at so he can meet with you. Uh, James Boardman says, pitching failed this last year, in particular the midweek pitching. God, 100%. now he brings that up. I remember that. It was yep. uh, like we were trying to figure out what the hell was going on. And everybody blamed Jeff Christie, and that's why he's not here anymore. Uh, Linda Wilkins again says, John, do you realize the pitchers and catchers reported today? No. Is that major league baseball? I assume? Major league. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I don't, I don't pay any attention to major league baseball, which is why, again, we have, we have two fine baseball writers at coordination who are both the, actually they're going to the games this weekend. So they can tell you firsthand how Nebraska looks and get the inside poop on all our old big 12 friends that, you know, not Texas. I didn't mean to say friends with Texas. Uh, Jaden Miller, who covers, going to part, be part of the softball coverage for us, says, Aaron, I need good news. After the women's basketball choked it, tell me we are going to be 3-0 and in Texas. Are we going to be 3-0 and in Texas? I sure hope so. Yes, we are. I don't know. <laughs> It's going to come down. It's going to come down to the pitching, and well, yeah. you know, who knows? 
the pitching is going to be interesting. The offense is going to be interesting. There's just a lot of unknowns. It's the first, the you know, a lot of new faces, a lot of unknowns. Um, I'm excited. Yeah. Hopefully, the pitching holds up. Everyone coming in is pretty highly regarded. We we got the top JUCO class in the country, is what they're writing at a couple really? different outlets. So yeah, hence hence the highly regarded comment. Yeah. Okay. We covered the infield, we covered the outfield, right? And now we're to pitchers. Todd. Well, <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the, well wait, wait. The, Before you say that, women's basketball got annihilated at Ohio State on the road uh, by, you know, number two Ohio State, their number second number two game in the in a row against the second-ranked team in the nation. This time on the road, they got obliterated. You know, it had win at home, lose on the road. Everybody in the nation's doing the same damn thing we are. Okay, go on. Well, pitchers, yeah, you know, they named the three starters earlier in the week um, that are going to start this weekend. Um, Brett Sears is going to be the Friday night starter. Uh, will Walsh is going to go on Saturday, and then Caleb Clark um, will pitch on Sunday. Um, Aaron and I have communicated a little bit, and and the surprise there for us. Is, is Brett Sears. Now, you know, let's talk just a little bit about him. He's the second oldest guy on the team. Uh, <laughs> Kyle Perry is the old, old man. Um, but Brett Sears is 24 years old. Um, he, he came over to Nebraska from Iowa Central Community College. He pitched at Western Illinois, I believe, before that. Um, he, he, is, he struggled last year at Nebraska. However, in the summer in the Northwoods League, he was lights out. I mean, uh, 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 he flipped a switch, and from everything that uh, was shared, you know, coming out of his season this last summer, he just pitched outstanding. When I saw him pitch last year, and then, you know, just based upon what I read, you know, he's got kind of a, you know, three-quarter release a little bit, and his he's electric. I mean, you know, there's guys that throw it faster. But um, when he is on, when he is in the strike zone, um, you know, his, his, he's got a lot of movement on his, on his ball. And so, you know, he, hopefully, hopefully he continues uh, to be the kind of pitcher he was this last summer and, and gets the team off to a good start. Um, yeah, he, uh, he definitely didn't live up to the billing last year, but yeah, I watched – because ESPN Plus has the North Leagues on there where you can watch them on their platform. And I had to go, like, take my non-existent glasses and look and see. I was like, is that really him? Because, yeah, he was mowing guys down there for a couple of games that I watched. Yeah. So hopefully it flips the switch for college, too. Yeah, I, I certainly hope so, too. And then Will Walsh, who, um, you know, he, he was arguably the best pitcher Nebraska had at the end of the season last year. Um, mm -hmm. you know, he pitched that complete game, uh, four hitter against, uh, Michigan state in the big, uh, in the big 10 tournament, uh, figured he would be a weekend starter and, and he's starting on Saturday, Texas tech's probably, you know, on paper, at least the best team that we're going to face of the three. Okay. And so, you know, he's gonna, he's going to take the mound against them. Um, no surprise. And, and, you know, hopefully he, you know, continues uh, a positive trajectory. Um, he's got some experience. 
And then um, the Sunday starter is a guy I thought might be a weekend starter. Um, I'm not surprised they've got him because he's got a lot of upside too, and that's Caleb Clark. He's a sophomore from Canada. Um, they trotted him well, out right. last year as a true freshman and put him in the weekend rotation right off the bat. And, you know, the kid, the kid's got stuff and he's a lefty and he's exciting. But last year I, it was confidence. I'm sure. I think confidence played a lot into it um, and consistency lack thereof. And, you know, he just could not consistently challenge hitters in the strike zone. And uh, so, you know, they, they pulled him, I think, after three starts from the weekend rotation. And he really never he really never clicked last year in the fall. Boy, he looked good. I mean, he looked good in the fall. So, you know, if if, if he gets all you know, if he's over those, you know, freshman butterflies, so to speak, you know, he could be an exciting pitcher, too. Um, the other guy that we thought or at least I thought. Uh, would be starting this week because he's been kind of a spokesman for the team is Drew Christo. Right. And, um, you know, I've, I've heard different bits and pieces. I've heard maybe he's got a little uh, issue with his forearm. You know, that might be something. But I've also heard, um, you know, with Coach Childress, if you're not going to pound the strike zone, if you're not going to pitch in the strike zone and, uh, you know, pitch away from bats, um you're not gonna you're not gonna have top billing with which coach Childress and you know Drew Christo apparently had an excellent summer last year too um, you know he really flipped a switch as well but you know maybe we'll see Drew Christo you know the following weekend down in in Arizona so those are the those are the guys that are starting um, what I what I heard this morning I heard an interesting conversation that Lance Harvell had. Um, he was asked the question about, do any pitchers stand out with some really nasty stuff as you just kind of sit back and watch? And he says, you know, really, this pitching staff's built on the back end. And um, he mentioned Casey okay, – I'm going to say his name wrong probably – Casey Deus or Deese. And I was trying um, to look it up so I get it right. <laughs> he's, he's a transfer that's coming in from – Poco Hernandez, something, a Juco in Florida. And um, they say that that guy is just nasty. They say that he is, he's wicked with uh, his fastball. Um, he says it moves, you know, it's going to, his fastball is going to break in on right-handers and his, cur and his slider is going to break away from him. And, you know, the prediction from, from Harvell is that uh, he, he will baffle hitters uh just with his stuff um yeah, he's also a guy in fall ball that it was noticeable guys could not pick up his stuff yeah he must have the same arm slot for everything and man it looked, you could just see that that ball just go straight down right when it got to the zone his his curve it's yeah i think that's going to be the biggest weapon we had with shannon's slider going i think i think you're absolutely right i agree with that aaron he also mentioned um, the kid that's transferring from Brown, and I'm blank on the name. I should have had that roster in front of me. Um, he's gonna he's gonna be a short relief guy, but um, Bobby Olson, Bobby Olson from yeah. Brown, Bobby and, and, Olson. Yep, and uh, you know there are some people that are saying, you know, he might be the biggest surprise of the season. I mean, he might be the one that kind of 
of the new faces, the one that's going to make his mark. He's got a, a curveball that, uh, you know, breaks from 12 to 6 o'clock. And um, they said he is just a nasty pitcher. And then um, the other one that was mentioned that will be on the back end is the kid transferring in from Tulane, the Clevenger kid. Um, another kid that has wicked, wicked stuff that you're probably going to see as a late inning guy. So, you know, there's kind of your starters. Uh, you know, Nebraska, you know, Shea Shanneman did a nice job, but Shea Shanneman was not, you know, your stereotypical closer. It's been mm -hmm. a while since Nebraska had, you know, that, that closer that you roll out there that, you know, is an intimidator that, you know, can – set them up and knock them down. And it sounds like they've added that to, to their, uh, to their staff. So, you know, starters, relievers, and then you got a whole bunch of guys that are going to pitch in the middle. Um, Do you want me also, to throw names at you and you can respond to them? Well, hold on just a minute. I think something else that's got to be important too, is that, you know, one of the things that kept Nebraska out of the tournament last year was they were six and six in midweek games. Mm -hmm. And so, the, the, the coaching staff purposefully has tried to build depth so that they've got better starting pitchers in the midweek games. And um, I think you're going to see Jalen Worthy in there. Um, I think you're going to see some of the freshmen get a shot in there. The, the Hara Hill kid may get a chance in there. The Horn kid um, who apparently throws really hard. They, they, they think he's going to be, a, they got to put some size and strength on him a little bit, but you know, there's a lot of those kind of guys. Um, Aaron, you know, who am I, who am I leaving out that probably needs a little bit of attention here from us tonight? I just Trey Fromm. Trey Fromm is one of the guys I'm about to mention. There's, we went from last year, not having a true closer to this year, having probably four guys that could be up for that closer spot with Clevenger. Trey Fromm's kind of the power throws 95, 95, 95, just blows it by people. He was going to be our closer last year, and then he got hurt. He wasn't even at like the – like right the – not even like a week before the season, like a couple days before the season. He wasn't at fan day because he was trying to get a second opinion, I think, on, on his injury to see if he could come back and just couldn't make it. So, yeah, the uh, Jordy Ball and boyfriend, they're not having a good start to their rest of their careers. Uh, and then – uh. The Omaha closers coming over, yeah. Rands, Rands. So that gives us another. He's we've watched him have success on the Haymarket Park mound closing out games, unfortunately. And then, uh, lastly, the guy that was our our closer at the end of the year last year was Kyle Perry. That's the only position he really kind of succeeded in last year was coming in and being that closer. What do you have? Three saves at the end of last year? I think he did. I think he did. So. Yeah, we've got we've got four guys that could potentially be what we were really lacking last year. Throw another name out here, John. Let's go. Noah Madsen. Probably a kid that is going to take another year to see a whole lot of time. Mason McConaughey. All right, Mason. all right, all right. He's Mason. a guy that they thought – would be in potentially the starting ro weekend rotation, but he didn't look great. His first outing kind of in fall ball kind of rebounded a little bit in the second, but they see good stuff from him. I don't know if 
Yeah, he's, got any more on him? he's a transfer that's coming in, and I think I, I think you're probably going to see him get a shot with midweek games, and he could very easily be one of those guys that um, you know comes in if they need a guy. You know, in the third, fourth, fifth inning, he could easily be one of those kind of guys. Mm-hmm. Tucker Timmerman. Well, he's he's the one I was kind of holding back on a little bit. Um, this kid's a freshman from Beatrice, and he looks like a linebacker. Six foot um, three, two hundred and twenty. He might be the best athlete on the team. Yeah, and I, I actually. I actually bumped into somebody that knows the kid uh, when I was out in Grand Island a couple of weeks ago. And I said, well, you know, is, is he, is he as athletic as everybody says he is? And they said, without a doubt, I mean, this kid is the real deal. I mean, he was, he was all state in three different sports. Mm-hmm. So he's an all around type of an athlete. Um, I saw him pitch in the fall and, you know, the kids throwing, 93, 94 miles an hour, um, coming right out of has uh, coming <laughs> coming right out of high school, and he he look he's got the look of a guy that's going to stand down there and stare you down and just blow the ball by you. So uh, you know, uh, then the next day, you know, or the next game when he came back, you know, he struggled a little bit. I mean, he was he was outstanding in in his first appearance, and he struggled a little bit in the second one, but. I mean, heck, the kid was 18 years old. He'd been pitching, you know, high school ball. Um, but I think Tucker Timmerman, um, as as he matures a little bit, you know, he might be that kid in midseason that all of a sudden uh, starts to to make a name for himself. Um, he could be the, the steal of the class, in my opinion. Yep, yep. He's he's uh, he's really he's really something. He's dynamic, I guess. The only name I see that you well, there's two. Evan Borst. Evan Borst is a kid that uh, is coming over from uh, Iowa Central Community College. I think he's a kid that is going to be, you know, he's a strictly bullpen pitcher. Um, I, I think with him, we'll see him. We'll see him in the first two weeks. We're in fact, we'll probably see most of the pitching staff in the first two weeks. Um, he's not one that comes in with a lot of accolades, but he was a, a consistent, steady pitcher over at Iowa Central. But he's going to be – he'll probably be a middle relief type of a kid. Yeah, I think he's a heavy heavy slider guy that just kind of throws that same pitch over and over again. So, yeah, not nothing that's going to get you tons of innings, but an inning or two here or there. Carson Jossa or Jasa. Well, who is uh, six foot thrower. seven and two hundred and thirty-seven? Yeah, you're going to see him. You're going to notice him because he's taller than anybody else on the team. Um, he kids. He comes from Colorado. Went to a small school in in Colorado, and he throws hard. He throws hard. Um, but I have the think, two fastest pitches of fall ball. Ninety-six. Yeah, Ninety-six. I think with him. It might be a case that he needs to get a little more mature, and I mean that physically. I think he's a tall drink of water that probably needs to put on a little bit of weight, a little bit of strength, you know, to to uh, 
to, to handle the demands of pitching at the Division One level. I think they probably see this kid as a starter down the mm-hmm. road. Um, but you know, he's he's a he's got he's got a ton of potential. I mean, he really does. And best I did not the hear, class, but oh, needs more. I I did not hear the name Joshua Overbeek come up at any point yet. He's an infielder. Right. Uh, some people have him penciled in as maybe the starting third baseman. I don't see that. Um, I think the Heft kid, if I'm saying that right, might mm-hmm. be the Huff, third baseman. Dylan Heft? Heft, yeah. Um, I don't know that much about Overbeek. I think since he's the – I think he's the is he the, one of the two switchers. I think that could get him on to basically platoon with – Huff, if, he, if they need to work that angle, if Huff struggles against lefties or something, then you can probably see Overbeak. But other, otherwise, I think Huff, at least in the brief fall that we saw, looks like he should be a starting third baseman. I think that I Bryce Hughes, did he come up? No. Okay. He's, Case, Case Anderson? That guy. He looks like he's he's a freshman. He looks like he's a senior in every aspect of his game. Moving around on the field, just I don't know, walking from the dugout to the to the batter's box. I think Todd could give you a couple badonks on that. Yeah, but yeah. His approach, yes. his fielding, everything looks like he's been out there for years. This kid is going to find his way on the field somewhere, and. I think he could be one that carves out an exceptional freshman season. Mm-hmm. The, the question is, is where is that going to be? And, you know, because you got the stone kid that I'm sure is going to get the first look at first base. Um, Sanderson is most likely a first baseman. Um, I think but, he's a lefty, so. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see where it all fits. I mean, in some respects, quite honestly, um, there's there's uh, how do I want to say this? You, it's it's incredibly important to have depth, but some places were too deep. <laughs> if mm-hmm. that makes any sense, because um, you know where are you going to put these guys? Um, you know who knows? And I don't know. I can't say this about everyone, but I kind of have a bias for the guys that I know. You know, the guys that you watch and you've seen play, you know, I got to believe that Gabe Swanson, you know, is going uh, to be out there playing. I mean, he leading home run hitter, Garrett Anglum, I got to believe that he's going to be out there playing. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know what? Maybe some of these guys coming in are better than them. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of I'll believe it when I see it. But everything I've heard about this Sanderson kid is – he will he will find a place to play. I mean, he he's that good. I mean, here's one of the things that has me a little bit excited, but also confused. You know, right now, um, Josh Karen is the starting catcher. But then you got Ben Columbus, and last year Ben Columbus found his way into the I mean, there were times when Karen caught all three games on a weekend. Yep. And and, um, you know, I kept worrying about, gee, many Christmas, save this kid a little bit. But, you know, Columbus found his way into the lineup, either playing first base or DH. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I'm not sure that Columbus is going to find his way into the lineup, DH and playing first base. I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, I agree. And, and, you know, both Aaron and I have tremendous respect for Columbus. I mean, we've seen that kid hit the ball lights out. And, yeah, I don't know. It could be an interesting season with that. And he's kind of the fall ball home run king the previous two years. And did he – I can't remember if he eventually hit a home run last year. Or? He eventually got one. Yeah, he That's eventually did. But, okay. Yeah, he's, the Big he looks Ten. like he's been behind the plate his whole life. The Big Ten preseason baseball poll came out today. Iowa at the top. And uh, as Aaron and I discussed, uh, people might expect great things out of Iowa, maybe go into a college World Series. Uh, You know, it's Iowa. Come on. They're not going to get that far, the bastards. Mm -hmm. Uh, Indiana in second place. Maryland followed by Rutgers, Nebraska, and Michigan. Do you guys have any comment on those the order of the how the coaches pick that finish. I, I'm I'm comfortable with that. I kind of think based upon you know what we saw last year and what people know are coming back um, probably lines up. I, I I don't know about I don't know about Maryland and Rutgers. I I, I certainly I'm not surprised they're ranking Iowa number one uh, based upon the pitching. Now yeah, Iowa's got the top top-level talent and deepest pitching staff. Yep. Indiana's um, got that group of guys that are turning juniors now, which that they were the top class in the Big Ten and one of the top in the country when they came on board a couple of years ago. And then Maryland, they lost They lost a lot. They lost their top three hitters, uh, at least two of their three starters and the closer. So they've got that. I think the center fielder is their best returning kid. But that's that's a lot to replace. So yeah, I think they've got talent, but yeah, they're not going to be the top this year. And then the next three: Rutgers, Michigan, Nebraska. You can kind of they all replaced a lot, but with some pretty good talent too. So right, it's it's right. kind of a they were that in that spot last year, both in the preseason and at the end of the season. It's the same six teams, so why not just stick with that? Because the coaches seem to be able to bring in new guys and plug them right in and get in that top top six each year. So I think that's why they're up there. All right. Let's, let's look at some comments real quick. Uh, Linda Wilkins from earlier said a Costco run for me is 240 <laughs> mile round trip. So I stock up. And then she I'm follows excited. that up with, she follows that up with, uh, that is why I called you a sorry ass. I've been called a sorry ass for a while, so I appreciate the compliment. Uh, I'll have a I Costco point three miles from my house by the end of the year. Really? <laughs> uh, Max Godfrey comments on this weekend. It says we should be good against Oklahoma and Baylor. They lost a bunch of dudes. Tech is going to be a challenge. I. Uh, David Matney asked, does college baseball adopted the pitch clock like Major League Baseball? Yeah, they have a pitch clock. And they don't let you do that fake throw thing anymore. You get one. Never mind me, says, it would be nice if we had a decent baseball team this year. Yeah, and I think we will. I think they're going to be fine. But Tell me that last year's team, now that we're talking about baseball, it's starting to come back into my foggy mind. They were maddening, weren't they? Yeah. 
you know, oh, the, the midweek games that we should have won, and then they'd lose the midweek games, and you go, what? That, what? What? Yeah, the I, Summit I, League, I, I forget what the record was against us. What was it? What's like? that? The Summit League was like 7-1 and one or 7-2 yeah. against us. Right, right. Are we going to see that again this year? <laughs> I hope not. I think that's the whole reason we've got Childress in that spot instead of Christy. Christy was not developing those those young guys to Will Bolts or my standards. And I know that well, they've, oh. they've beefed up their schedule a little bit too with the midweek games. We're playing a little more against the Kansas States, Kansas and Wichita's and, and yeah, we're not bringing the Dakota schools in quite as much. That's what cost us at the end of last year was maybe one or two more games against top talent and we could have been in the NCAAs. So that's why they beefed that up. Linda Wilkins says, that, John, I know this is a softball question, but is Jordy out for the season? Yes, Jordy yep. is out for the season with an ACL issue for her knee. Uh, I, I, I know that somebody else in the comments answered this question for Linda, but I'm going to bring this up for one reason. You know, Jordy Ball, you know, the uh, athletic department announced that she was out for the season, and you'd swear to God she died. <laughs> you know, we still have a softball team. They didn't disband the softball team. You know, but you go around social media, you'd swear to God they did. So I think Nebraska's softball team, certainly she is, you know, like a high-level, extremely valuable player. But that doesn't mean our softball team's going to suck this year. I think we still have a pretty good softball team, and they're probably worth watching. So, mm -hmm. if you, you know, I guess if you bought season tickets, you give, give them away to somebody that wants to see softball. So... That's my point. I looked at all the responses, and it's kind of like, what the hell with 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 you people? Well, I don't know. You, the softball team now is going to have to shift their their focus a little bit, and you know they didn't have the offensive punch uh, last week that they're going to need to have the rest of the season. And if the hitters don't get going pretty quick, they could dig themselves a, a, a pretty deep hole here. Um, you know, Jordy Ball, you know, one of the absolute best pitchers going in college softball. But she, you know, she isn't going to win. You know, even if she wasn't going to win every damn game herself. You know, there's a reason why she had the success that she had at Oklahoma. And that's because she was, she had arguably two of the best softball teams of all time behind mm -hmm. her. Right. And, and those teams, you look at those team batting averages that Oklahoma's had, you look at the number of runs those teams scored over the last couple of years, um, it's pretty easy to chalk up some victories when you're a pitcher and you have that kind of a team backing you up. So, you know, I think Nebraska can win softball games. I think they can contend in the Big Ten. But their offense is going to have to get their head screwed on and they're going to have to start scoring some runs because – the pitchers that they have left um, are are not, you know, they're not all Big Ten caliber pitchers. They're solid pitchers. Dean Duvall says, if you don't want your season, season tickets for softball, I'll buy two tickets and become a bandwagon fan. There you go, Dean. Uh, that, 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 uh, what's next? I had something in my brain that went away. Uh, okay. The season. Have you guys looked at the season? <laughs> I mean, the schedule. Yes. Okay. 
Yeah. Yes. So, so we got Baylor, Texas Tech, and Oklahoma coming up this weekend. Yep. Then they go so, to Arizona. Is there any chance this weekend we're going to hear my favorite phrase on opening weekend? Hire the pitching coach. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Every um, year uh -oh. there's somebody on social media somewhere that says fire the pitching coach. Every freaking year. <laughs> Are we going to see that this beginning of the week? You know, last year we certainly saw it. I I think people love Will Walsh enough that they'll give him credit against in our toughest game to not do that, but uh, Baylor is not that great, so it just kind of depends on how Sears shows up. You may hear just a little bit of grumbling on maybe pitcher selection, but I don't think we'll get quite to the firing stages yet. Okay, hold on. Uh, da, da. After that, we go to Grand Canyon in Phoenix, Arizona, and Minnie says that she will be at the Grand Canyon Games because she lives in Phoenix. Uh, what do you think of Grand Grand Canyon? They play good baseball. Yeah, they've had some good teams of recent. Caleb oh. Evans from Creston High School, former student of mine, went down to Grand Canyon and played. College of Charleston. Then we have a four-game series at Charleston, South Carolina College of Charleston. What do you think of that one? Good baseball program. They, I think they lost a lot of guys, which should hopefully help us. But, yeah, they've been real good the last few years. But I think I think they're hopefully on the downward trend. Ben, but, the opening – go ahead. Well, what you find with Coach Bolt – Coach Bolt plays competition. Mm -hmm. I mean, he plays, he plays competition. You go look at Iowa's – go look at Iowa's non-conference schedule. <laughs> now, they – Somebody remarked that they beefed it up this year. Oh, whoopee, they're going to go down and play Ole Miss at Ole Miss. That's how they beefed up their schedule. I think they got one other game against somebody that's legit. But, you know, they're going – they're playing like Lehigh. And <laughs> for, for a midweek game, once again, they scheduled an NAIA school. They're playing Grandview, an mm -hmm. NAIA school in a midweek game. <laughs> They took Loris it's because, off. It's because schedule. Iowa. It, they Loris. They took the Division Three <laughs> school Loris off their schedule because they evened their series against them last year. After Loris <laughs> beat them, a Division Three school beat them the previous year. Iowa kept them on the schedule one more year so they could beat them, and then they could say, "Well, we don't have a losing record against Loris." And then they dropped them from the schedule. They can't take a chance to lose against Loris again. This is why this is why I just don't see I you know I know that when Rick Heller came to Iowa we were all kind of like okay Rick Heller's a winner I I look at the guy now and I I guess I look at that you know are you going to play tough composition competition uh apparently not I don't that's why I just look at him and go he's not going to make the college world series mm -hmm. you know Agreed. you got to be well, tough minded I think to do this and I just I don't see that there Okay the schedule we're on the schedule Opening weekend in Nebraska, Lincoln, Nebraska, Hay Hawks Field at Haymarket Park, March 8th, or 8th, 9th, and 10th against South Alabama. Do you, would you think the weather will cooperate? Well, the field looked nice. They were showing the field that the, the grounds crew was showing the field today and how it was growing nice. And uh, they were putting, I think it was going to freeze tonight. So they were putting some of the growing tarps down and 
hopefully we can because so far it's been they've got six practices outside on the field in and i don't i don't even remember the last time they did that before going to their first first game it's always been either in the hawks championship center or just doing something uh on memorial stadium if they're able to get outside at all then we play we start the midweek games we play uh, mid wichita state good god wichita state uh, tuesday wednesday games in wichita they're always good the shockers but yeah don't forget they had imploded their team so you have no idea what you're going to get with them right right they imploded their team remember they had that guy that uh, they didn't hire their interim coach, and their whole team revolted. And we'll we'll probably be facing one of those guys that we were trying to get super bad that went down to Oklahoma the, as their top freshman recruit last year. So we were trying hard to sway him to come to Lincoln. But the following weekend, we are back in Lincoln with a three-game series against Nichols. Played them last year. I think uh, sweeping them was about the most disappointing result last year. We really should have swept them, and that could have got our mindset right. I think going into into the Big Ten, but that just didn't sit well. March nineteenth, the Tuesday uh, begins our series with Omaha in, in in Lincoln. And last year, I think they they won that series, didn't they? <laughs> We lost the series to Omaha. We lost the series to Creighton last year. Well, I hadn't gotten to Creighton yet. I was going to, you know, soften the blow there, Todd, for you know, people like Sobbing. me that have Here's shit the reality. It, it, that has to turn around. Nebraska cannot be the third. They, they, can't, they can't finish third in the state of Nebraska. We kind of pulled an aisle on them and told them, eh, we're only playing you one game this year instead of three, and we're not going to your place. So, Is that what we did? Yeah, the – to get the better teams on our schedule, we told Omaha that we can't play them three games anymore. And what do you know? Here's the one another, games at, at Haymarket. Here's another team I think beat us last year was North Dakota State is next. Yep. Right? So it, it's sure a is. chance to get some of this madness worked out of us. Uh, the following weekend is another home series against New Mexico State. And if I remember New Mexico State, uh, they like to bang the ball. Yes, no, long ball. New Mexico State's typically a pretty good team. Kansas State at Manhattan for the midweek game, and then we get a series to start the Big Ten uh, Conference play against Northwestern. Does Northwestern actually have a baseball team this season? Well, they. they it, it sounds <laughs> like they're going to start the season with one. What a... <laughs> What a, and an what a intact disaster. coaching staff. So what? what? And a fully a intact coaching staff. It's, I was shocked that they held on to that coach as long as they did without firing him. But, mm-hmm. you know, Northwestern's kind of goofy. Uh, then we got April 2nd uh, at Creighton. Another game yeah. we need to win. Uh, then the next, a series against Ohio State at in Lincoln. Midweek game against Kansas. What the hell? Ohio State is not good at baseball anymore. Well, they haven't they, been good the last couple of years, but yeah, they they changed coach either. I think it was last year, and they got Texas's pitching coach and lead recruiter. So I would expect them to be coming up fairly quickly here. Unfortunately, 
midweek game at Kansas, and then we go to Rutgers, who has been a pain in our ass now for what three years in a row. Yeah, we have not. As long as you're not going to that series, we have a chance. I'm not going to Rutgers. And then we have another midweek against uh, Creighton, and then we get to play Maryland at home, which is good. It's much better to play Maryland at home than play them on the road. Show them what a real bar- ballpark looks like. And then, a, and then a, uh, another game at Kansas. Wait a minute, was Maryland the one that had the like high school ball, the little shorty ballpark? That yeah, hit, the turtle. Everybody's like, oh, they hit a lot of home runs, and it's a little tiny park. Yep. Okay. And then there's the big series right around the spring game, which I've said earlier, we're going to have a gathering. Uh, Nebraska faces Iowa at in Lincoln at Haymarket Park. Potentially with beer. Boy, boy howdy. That should be a fun series. Yeah, it should. The last year they swept us, if I remember right. Yeah, it wasn't even close. It wasn't? None of them. Okay. I, I'm trying to erase this. Uh, then, our, then, then we got our another game with Ke- Creighton, another game with Kansas State, and then we come to Minnesota May third, fourth, and fifth. I should get to these games, uh, and then we midweek game against S- South Dakota That's State. A, last time we'll see uh, Coach Anderson, isn't it? Isn't he calling yeah, it quits this year? Up this year? Is he really? Yeah. You know that coach. That guy's coached more years than most of my staff has been alive. It'll be the first time since what, like 1962, that they won't he won't be somewhere in that ball team. Yeah. Uh, then it's series against Indiana and Lincoln, and then we finish up the season with Michigan State. So, what do you guys think about? I mean, go back to the preseason poll. Look at this schedule. I know you both want to say we don't know because there's a lot of newcomers. <laughs> Come on, make some bold predictions, you bastards. The good thing about this schedule is the top, the teams that were at the top of that, they're all coming to Lincoln. So that, yep. that, that bodes well for us in at least that aspect. So fingers crossed. Yeah. Norman Cameron's right. thing. I think, I think I, the schedule sets up pretty good for Nebraska. I'll tell you what, you know, you mentioned the Iowa series. If both teams are playing really well, that I would hope that series kind of takes on the atmosphere of when Texas used to come to town. Yeah. Um, it would be outstanding to pack that ballpark and uh, see some of that exciting kind of baseball that teams played back when Augie would bring the boys to town. Um, you know what the difference is? Especially with beer. <laughs> the difference is, is that Texas had shitloads of fans and Iowa baseball. I don't just do many people even follow Iowa baseball. They, they will travel if they're winning. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. They'll come. So they come to Omaha so, for like the Saturday game. Yeah. That's about it. Do we, do we have insults? We could yell at, you know, Iowa baseball, <laughs> like soggy burrito. Not recently. You know, okay. We don't really. I've forgotten yeah, all of them. It's been so long. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Max Godfrey is a baseball guy, obviously. This is why baseball is the best. doesn't matter how much of a powerhouse you are. Anyone can beat anyone on any given day. Who executes the best is what it comes down to. And there's, there's not going to be any undefeated teams in baseball. So. 
Eric says Ty Horn and Will Jeske were Wichita State commits before they changed coaches multiple times. Yeah. Yeah. If we uh, we hit that recruiting and transfer portal hard with Coach Sirianni. David Mabney says, John, congratulations on closing in on 10,000 subscribers. We are getting very close to 10,000 YouTube subscribers. Uh, it's actually gone up since the season. I think a lot of that is because one of my history videos took off and it's almost hit 100,000 views, which is kind of wild. But, uh, you know, thanks, everybody. Here's what I'd like to know. We we need more telling you guys telling us what we'd like us to do. Like, we're putting a softball show together. It's up to these two guys if they want to do baseball shows. Uh, you know, I think that we will cover stuff as long as we have people that show up and give us, you know, I like an audience. I don't think there's any shock about that. I think Todd enjoys doing this. I'm not sure about Aaron as much as he likes watching baseball, but, you know, <laughs> we'll see what we can do. Uh, let's see. Husker Chuck says, Baseball and softball are the last sports before the Pac-4 joined, correct? That's yes. true. Yep. Apparently they join in August, which is really weird, yeah. given that July 1st is usually the fiscal year turnover for colleges and universities. Mm -hmm. uh, and David Manning. Well, hold on. Since we're talking baseball and softball, both of those sports just bumped up mm -hmm. in terms of level of competition because of that. So they did. And, uh, you know, I think there's a lot of people that will probably go, well, that's too bad. But I think that's really exciting. Yeah. I mean, we we're in a conference where a whole there's a good section of this conference that doesn't give two shits about baseball to be. And we're well, bringing in four teams that are going to care to be and quite honest with exciting. you. When you look at softball, three of those four teams are perennial top 10 teams. Right. So we'll also now our our commissioner's a baseball guy and ran MLB TV and I think baseball is going to be a lot bigger not, part of the not, conversation. Not shit on. Yeah, <laughs> I think we won't okay. have the big plus being kind of the laughing stock of some of the colleges like it has been. David Matney says, is it just me or does it seem like other sports in Nebraska are receiving more recognition now versus in the years past? What do you guys think of that? I'd, I'd ask the question, recognition by whom? Um, you know, if that's expanded fan base, if that's more recognition by media, you know, I don't know. Um, I'm kind of a contrarian. I, I follow, you know, I love Nebraska football, but you know, I love baseball. I love wrestling just as much as I love football. So, I mean, I follow those two sports, you know, just just as strong as I follow it for football. So, you know, I, I don't know. It, it, it might be the case, Dave. I, You know, there's a lot of people that take shots at Nebraska. You know, you're, you're a volleyball school, and they think that's mocking us. Well, you know, I think people are kind of taking a little bit of pride in that. Um, and maybe we're getting more recognition because our teams are playing better, starting to play better. So, I, I from a guy a who runs a website and looks at statistics and stuff like that, I'd say two things. Number one, we're trying to do a, I'm trying to do a better job at coordination of us covering more teams, just because you know we we're getting more people that are interested. Like you know, Todd and Aaron will cover baseball. Uh, you know, Beth did, cover, did a good job of covering volleyball. We had three people that are going to cover softball. 
and I, I think there's one other big thing about this. Uh, the coverage is, uh, you, the coverage is, I think, getting bigger because, well, to be honest with y'all, last year when Nebraska lost to Colorado, all of the statistics just went into the hole. They really did. All of the views and everything, and all the other people I talked to that you know, well, I was going to name names, but I won't. Uh, other guys with YouTube channels that I talk to regularly, they all said, yeah, all the views, everything went after. People stopped paying attention to football. And I think some ways that we're trying to make up for it by covering other sports and not putting all our eggs into with one basket, even though that we know college football is by far the biggest draw in Nebraska. Uh, but I think for us, they, you know, personally, it's you know, I like basketball. I like women's basketball beating Iowa. That was the funnest freaking thing that's happened in a while. Lisa Bluter has done us such a good job of keeping that in the front, you know, keeping that in front of our faces by whining about it. It's been a joy, you know, and now we're looking at baseball. And I think, I think the other thing is this. What was it? Two years ago, I did a video about having the most. Yeah, it was two years ago. It was after the frost season. We had the most miserable season probably in school history across all our sports. Mm -hmm. I mean, basketball didn't win 10 games, if I remember right. Football was the yeah. greatest three and nine season in the history of the sport. And now we, I think since Trevor Alberts has joined the athletic department, our sports performance across the board has increased. You kind of, you know what the, the other thing is? I think you look at our athletes and they look like they're having fun. You know, you see Dylan Royola at a basketball game and he's there with other athletes or you mm -hmm. see the the uh, the men's basketball team at the women's game the other night when we beat Iowa. Did I say that? We beat Iowa. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, you'll see different athletes at different games and they look like they're having fun. They don't look like they're like dragging a ball and chain around anymore. And I think that's, you know, if we're going to be Nebraska fans, uh, th I think that's a big thing. You know, I think that's a, that's a lot of joy. I don't I get out you, much either. So before last season, I'd never seen twenty-five football recruits leading cheers at a baseball game. Like, I can tell right. you that. Yeah, yeah. So there you go. Uh, I don't know what else. We're over an hour. What else? Do, is there anything else we need to cover about baseball? Just um, I, all I would say is that um, Coach Bolt made the comment at his last press conference at the end of last season when he said that he was going to do whatever was necessary to get this program in the, you know, at the level that he expects it to be. And he acted quick. Um, he made a, a decision that professionally was the right decision. I know it probably tore his heart out because I know that he was really close to those coaches as uh, mm -hmm. right. you know, personally. Um, but he made He made that decision. And, it, it isn't, you know, unlike some head coaches, because the writing, the writing wasn't on the wall. Nobody was out to fire Will Bolt after last season. And so what this tells me is that this is a guy that has a vision, has a plan, is determined to get this team uh, so that they are taken seriously on the national level. And uh, we may not see uh, – all of this unfold this season. I think this season's going to be exciting. There's a lot of things that they're going to have to prove, you know. Right. Got to get out there and play the game. 
But I think the right moves have been made in the offseason, and I'm excited to see you know how things play out. There is one more thing. I'm sorry, Aaron, go ahead. I was just going to say, he's done a great job learning from each of each season as a whole, going back, looking at it, seeing what his overarching theme needs to be for bringing in new players. Like after we won the championship, he thought he, he could keep doing it the way he's done it because we just won a championship. And he brought in the fresh, the highly touted freshmen that we expected. And they were just, the team was too young. So he went in the next year and brought in a whole bunch of older guys. And that helped us tremendously, but then we just didn't have the pitching depth. And so you could tell both staff changes and players brought in pitching depth is that's, what's going to win us games in the mid season or the midweeks. And at the end of games, he knows we can't find a Shea Shaneman out there to trot out for all three games of a weekend and then pull him back for a midweek game. And he made that, that was his theme for the whole off season was getting that pitching staff deeper and better. And from what I can tell going into the season, it, it sure looks like he's, Moving in that right direction this time again. They have a go- they have a gob of guys. Excuse me. Uh, I think there's only one thing left, and that is uh, where do you, where how do people access Husker baseball? I mean, how if they're going to follow the games this weekend? Do we know? Yeah, um, the games will be broadcast live on the Husker Network on the radio, um, and then. Flow Baseball is the sponsor of this whole, I think it's like a three-week-long thing. This is the first week of the college baseball at Globe Life Field. And so Flow Baseball, I think it's like $30 for a month. But they do have pretty good coverage. And I had it for the first month last year because I think we had a few games on there. But, yeah, they're the place to watch any of these games because they have the exclusive rights. Uh, Highlander Gun says, "Is what? That's not it." Highlander Gun says, "Is movie night this Friday, John? I think we scheduled that. I think we're going to move it because there is just so much going on this week that uh, by Friday I'm going to be exhausted and be looking for a hole in the ground to crawl into. And listening to Husker Radio, Husker Baseball on the Husker Zap on my iPhone. But uh, I think that's that's it." Eric says, if you're going to sign up Flow Baseball, use the Big East sign-up link for half off. Now, I have no idea why it works that way. Well, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, people stay till the end of the show to learn that. <laughs> okay, that's it. Uh, we'll figure out how we're going to cover baseball going forward, and uh, I think that's it for tonight. Any any last remarks, or how do we sign off? I always suck at this. This is why Todd and I always just say goodnight. I'm going to say go Big Red. There you go. So happy Valentine's Day and go make some Husker babies tonight, I guess. Let's go. <laughs> go Big Red Baseball. Thank you for the support and have a good night. All right.